I know. I've been saying that for like 15 years. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. Throw a dead body duct tape to a wheelie chair out of a skyscraper. <laughs> And welcome back to the Refactor Podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck just a little bit less each and every day. Recording live from the basement of the Ivory Tower, my name is Frank Cole. And from the brink of sanity, my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 112, 112, recorded on August 25th, 2023. I am finally, statute of limitations has passed. I can finally Ooh. talk about something that happened at work. Uh, now, this is like an old job. This was an old position like 10 years ago. Um, she goes to another school. And what happened was there was a pandemic. And mm. it was a very in-person company. And then this pandemic happened. You didn't hear of it. Uh, everybody was working from home for like a couple, three years. You would know and it was a thing. It was a whole thing. Somebody, Yeah, she goes to another school. And so then the <laughs> pandemic was over. And then like somebody wanted everybody back in the office because there was like this fancy downtown office that had just been built. And then so like the company, this old company that I used to work for in a different role, opened back up and said, okay, now we want everybody to come back in sometimes. And everybody was like, nah. And so then like six months later, uh, we decided to close that office. And so I feel, and I, now I had nothing to do with this decision, but I'm still claiming 100% credit for this. This is all my doing, all mine. Okay. I'm wholly responsible for this. Hey, I, yeah. How? How, 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 do you, how do you figure? Well, because there's nobody on this call that can refute it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, so company had office, COVID no. made people come back to office, but nobody came back and they cl just closed it? Yep. So everybody who they wanted to come back is remote or in another office? Remote. Okay. Now it should it should be noted that in in this organization there were actually a few offices within the region. This was just one of them, mm -hmm. and so if there's need of a gathering space, there's like another option that's you know across town, right? So it's not you know, but still, the folks the folks that were in this particular division uh, are now going to be. I don't know. I don't know if they're. I, I forget. I'm sorry. I, when this happened long ago at a at a different company. Uh, I forget what the language was like, is, is that, was that actually like, are we saying we're remote forward now? Or I, like, I'm not sure what the lingo was. I don't mm. honestly think that there was much appetite to go into that level of detail because it would have required it like an admission that maybe we had it wrong. Uh, mm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the folks I'm, I, you know, I've, I've been fully remote. I'm excited for the folks that don't have to feel the burden of like, either feeling like they're wasting time schlepping in or like they're being delinquent by making an excuse not to, honestly. <laughs> well, maybe they should have taken some tips from our buddies at Amazon who are, are relying on serendipity to really be the reason for their office return. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> from the Seattle Times, Amazon relies on, quote, serendipity for office return. Employees <laughs> want data. Are you kidding me? No, no, that is an actual, that is an actual headline in an actual newspaper. 
That's fantastic. Here, I will give you the just the just the opening here. Uh, so at- people are people are just going to happen to show up all at once for forty hours a week. So Adam Silipsky, head of Amazon's cloud computing business, he's the head of AWS, I believe. Wouldn't give employees any data to back up the decision to require workers to come back to the office, but he did have some stories to share, according to an AWS employee who attended an all-hands meeting on the subject. A discussion with a quantum computing professor in Tel Aviv, Israel, sparked a second impromptu meeting with a different group of employees, Solipsky said at the all-hands. Though that technology lesson may not have changed workers' lives, Solipsky continued, it exemplifies, quote, the serendipity of a return to the office. Over the course of the year, quote, just think about the serendipitous things that can happen, Solipsky said, according to a transcript of the meeting shared with the Seattle Times by the Virginia-based AWS employee and later by Amazon. (laughs) Serendipity! (laughs) We have no data to back this up, but just it's just so damned serendipitous that you have to be in the office. No, I that uh, all right. That's making my brain hurt a little bit. That, so because it's I, I mean, it's I am kind of, of the opinion go ahead. that if I'm a business, I'm of the opinion that if I'm a business owner and I decide that I simply want that my company's culture is one of being on site every day, I will simply say that it is my preference. It is my desire. It is my design for this organization that it works in certain ways. And part of that is that we actually share a break room. I can just say that if I'm a business owner and I think there's nothing immoral, unethical, there's nothing wrong with this whatsoever. And I don't have to defend my decision to anyone. anyone. It is Nunya. It is actually Nunya. Right. But I'm not, (laughs) or I can say, Hey, here's a bunch of data. What do we think this data says? If we want to make a data-driven decision, then you can't say, I picked a bunch of data and it tells me that we should be back to office and so that's what you're going to do. If you want to be intellectually honest about it, you have to say, hey, let's find as much data as we can, sort through what's good and what's bad, and let's see if we can learn anything about it, about what we might want to change in our posture. This, this is neither of those two defensible positions. This is... This is just we this is Thanos with his reality stone. This is just some asshat just just <laughs> crafting a reality for himself and expecting everybody to play along. Well, it's funny that you say data cuz actually another quote a little bit later in the article, quote, actual data, it's very hard to come by. He said, <laughs> especially any data that I think would stand scrutiny. <laughs> so, this is to, so <laughs> this is to me this is this is this is uh, stating the quiet part out loud and just just reinforcing and affirming all of the things that you and I have been saying. That there is no concrete, there, there definitive is no, There is proof. no concrete reason. These companies are just coming up with BS excuses because they have an insecurity about, yeah, get that camera fixed. Turn it off, turn it back no. on. Just turn it off and turn it back on. It's not, not focusing. Yeah, just turn it off and turn it back on. Do the Windows thing. That's all you got to do. If you, if you say it nine times in a row before well, that's I can how Windows click the button, works. that like will you have help to, me. Well, that's, that's that the Windows way. That will help me way. click it faster. Well, right. Well, like with Windows, you have to turn it off and turn it back on several times sometimes in yes. fact, to get it yes. to work. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> so I think this is just saying the quiet part out loud where they – like we, I know this to be bull crap. You know this to be bull crap, and they do that too. And now they've been backed into a corner because they're pushing, and people are pushing back and going, "No, nah, you're mm. full of crap, dude." And they have run out of 
they've run out of room. They, 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 you know, so it's, it's, it's putting the lie to, to all of this nonsense. How? And so it becomes a, sp- so what they're left with is a spin, like, Oh, the serendipity, this classic trope of creativity and serendipity and, 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 uh, you know, meeting of the minds and that impromptu water cooler spark of, of creativity. You know, you don't get that unless you're in a building, which I'm sorry, that you know is what? just flat crap. That is bull. It is not true. If we want to account for that, I'm actually, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a softer approach. I'm, I'm okay accounting for that. If we also account for the much more measurable amount of bullcrap and distraction and wasted time yeah, there you that go. being in the same office causes people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we don't have you a can't, with that, you can't just pick. You can't just pick one semi-subjective aspect of this debate and then lean on that as your only crutch. Like there are multiple factors here, and mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't have a balanced response to which we're doing and why is instantly outed as untrustworthily biased. Untrustworthily is that's not a word, is it? Um, I mean, just as just biased, biased in an untrustworthy way. Sure, right? like yeah. that's. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly I, right. How how thick do you want the tinfoil today? I've got a healthy, <laughs> I've got a nice, fresh, uncured slab of tinfoil here. How thick do you want? It? <laughs> do you do you actually do you have a tinfoil story that you're about to spin have, into? I, well, I have a theory. Well, about this, or are you are you switching yes. gears? Oh, it's about no, this. I'm not switching gears. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, then then go ahead. I I'll I'll take a, a nice thick piece of tinfoil. I guess. Go you want it. it thick? Okay. Sure. <laughs> Here's my here's my thick piece of tinfoil. Yeah. <laughs> hey, phrasing. Wealth in corporate America is reasonably concentrated. I don't think that's controversial. There are relatively few number of firms that hold a relatively high percentage of the overall working capital, invested capital, C, Vanguard, and BlackRock, and so on. Right. Consolidation is sort of how these things happen. Yeah. Right. So we've got some consolidation. Okay. Those companies have a lot of real estate. And a lot of that portfolio is commercial real estate. And so as to not lose their ass on their commercial real estate, which Mm -hmm. has been signaling signs of trouble now for many months, I believe it is conceivable that these firms are leaning on their members who are members of boards on all of these companies to help force people back into the office to fill butts so that leases don't expire, so that commercial real estate does not crumble any further or faster than it already has. Keep to. keep the whole thing stood up. Just just buttressing the the existing market. Buttressing and, and the everyone's doing markets. their everyone's doing their little bit to help to keep butts in the seats in the offices to justify the office space so that it doesn't sit empty, which would obviously so that the owner of the company, yeah. who is also owner of the real estate, doesn't lose their hat. Sometimes, yeah. not in not in all cases, but okay, all right. So they, okay, I don't know how thick the tinfoil is on that one. It's, I mean, it's I mean it's reasonable. If if I'm a if if I'm a business owner, I will say this: if I'm a business owner and I do own the building outright, I do have a literal vested interest in making sure that that building gets used. Yeah. If it's not a lease. Yeah. um, I mean, depending on how much real estate, I guess for a company like Amazon, who's has a lot of it, but again, a lot of their real estate's going to be locked up in warehousing and things like that. So I, I, 
I think there's, I think it's- well, A lot of their footprint is warehousing and data centers. Yeah, but uh, Amazon, so Amazon, like I've talked about more than more than just yeah, Amazon. Yeah, 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 right? I know you but are. A lot of, I know you are. A lot of these companies will have office, you know, have presences in like major metro downtown areas. Um, and mm-hmm. those those high rises are all these types of firms. And they're expensive, they're owned, man. They're, they're owned by- expensive. They are. And they're owned by what? Who? Usually not venture capital. Those are owned by private equity who yeah. own- stake in a lot of the corporations right. you know whether directly or indirectly that's yeah. my okay that's my that's my pet theory du jour it it's it certainly i think it would be foolish not to assume that 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 interest is not in the mix i for i did for sure. i did i did i was careful with my language i said it was conceivable yeah <laughs> i think it's i think it's more than conceivable i think it's i think it's quite likely that some people are acting like that I have read articles. I, I think we may have quoted one a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about um, uh, that was that was written by um, or it was quoted by a firm. Maybe we didn't talk about it. I knew I had it. It was in my it was in my note pile at some point discussion pile talking about the um, the shift back to work and how important it was and all this kind of stuff. And then it was all being it was all written by a, a company who owns corporate uh, <laughs> corporate real estate and just yeah, owns office buildings. Holder, right? you yeah. know, it's like, oh yeah, we got to get back to the building. Everybody says we have yeah. to get back into the buildings, says the guy who owns the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So with your, so back to your, um, back to your company, they. Old company. Old company. Right. Yeah. Former employer. They, so, so what did you hear? They, they, they got rid of it and they just gave no, they gave no reason or they gave some BS reason or what? Uh, so I think it was a little soft peddled, right? Not a lot of detail, but like, uh, you know, not using the space the same way we thought we would. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so as not to be wasteful, it, it doesn't make sense to keep this particular space. Something, mm-hmm. you know, something generic like that, which you know, at the time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seemed to be sort of tacit admission like, yeah, we'd, we'd really like to have this place hopping, but nobody's going along with the shtick. So we're tired <laughs> of paying for it to be empty. You know, I, I can. Yep. All right. I can I can buy that. Um, and they just simply said that, oh, the usage changed company direction, blah, blah, blah. Ergo. Huh. You know, as a completely, as a complete tangential and not at all part of the consideration side effect here, you all work from home because we opted to get rid of this building. That had nothing to do with the decision, of course, but that'll just, that just is a matter of course, and we will deal with that. (laughs) It's, it's hard at the time. Again, this is me 20 years ago. It was difficult for me at the time to conceive that they would have done that if everybody was in the, like if everybody had clamored back mm-hmm. and the place was popping, it's hard for me to think that they would have done that still. Sure. Of course. And it's, it's hard for me to believe that as empty as it was as often as it was, that it would have been tenable for them to think that they could have kept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and you, you know, I think you run into this this situation. So let's say let's say you're a middle manager at this company, 
and edict comes down that we got to we got to drag people back in here, right? And I'm being flowery because I thought it was all bullcrap in the first place. Uh, you're a middle manager. You you got to be responsible for making for people drag their feet back in here, right? Okay, so and who's bearing the risk of attrition when people simply say no? Because I'm a very I'm a very big believer in rules and consequences, right? And that they go together. But I can't give somebody a consequence for something that hadn't been an established rule. And likewise, I see no purpose in laying down a rule that does not have communicated consequences, right? The enforcement and it's, you cannot separate the two effectively and have an integral message or even, even image of oneself. And so the idea that you're going to say, this is not optional. Everybody is coming back one day, a week, four days, a week. But it doesn't matter, right? Right. Everybody is going to come back on some schedule. And then maybe say 30% of the people have a legitimate excuse, right? They have some health issue. They're, they, during the pandemic, they had moved farther away. Now it's unreasonable for them. Okay, like take those out. For 60% of the remainder to simply not do it as the middle manager, regardless of whether you think it's the right thing or not. What do you do? Right? Mm -hmm. Like asking me or just rhetorically? Yes. Right. (laughs) So do you so are you are you complicit with the the civil resistance? Right? Uh or are you you can fire people? Like what is your recourse in that? Especially uh and again, 30 years ago, it was a very tight labor market. And so it's even more costly and time-consuming and risky to try to replace somebody, right? So you look at that period specifically in the employment market 40 years ago and where real estate was 40 years ago and- The, the, the time like, frame just just keeps stretching. It's like, it's no, like I, as, it's a, as you approach the event horizon of a black hole, that's what you're doing. I, I, I told you, she goes to another school. <laughs> so, so you look at that market 50 years ago where you've got really tough employment uh, nobody wants to come back in. It's a largely technology-based business. What is your lever? Like, mm. what leverage do you have to enforce this? And then you just sound like a smackass, <laughs> laying down rules that everybody knows are going unenforced. And so, like, that is untenable. That is not sustainable. Yeah, I think, uh, okay, so all of the things you said are true, but I don't actually think they're the crux of why this return to office push is not succeeding. I think it, it, it's true. No, I'm just talking about that one company 60 years ago. That's not. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. But I think, but that story is repeated a lot through a lot of different mm-hmm. companies, including Amazon, yeah. apparently. You know, they had their return to office mandate. It was set up back in, uh, it was in the article here. It, they announced it in February. The mandate went into effect in May. And they've had nothing but pushback ever since. There was a walkout. There have been protests uh, and things like that. I'm actually looking at a picture here. Some dude who's dressed kind of like a pirate is holding up a sign that says, hell no, RTO, for return to office. You know. um, he's dressed like a pirate. That's I, 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 this is the best I can tell. He kind of looks like he's dressed like a pirate. Maybe not. Like an urban, nerdy, AWS-ish pirate. <laughs> Anyway, I, ner- I think, wait a nerdy AWS pirate. So this, I'm assu- I, I, you know, we were talking. I mean, the the article opened with the with the with the comments from Solipsky, who's AWS. I assumed I'm looking at pictures of 
AWS employees. I guess it could be any AWS employees. It's a so what? D- what are the to- what we can? We'll link the article in the show notes. Yeah. is the tone okay. of it is the tone of it balanced, or are they going out of their way to make the employees seem like clowns? No, 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 no. That's just me picking out the dude with that with the. Oh, okay. If anything, actually, I would say that the article leans towards the employees and mm. and is dubious of the you know doesn't doesn't give credence to the to the amazon executives they you know they the way that it's written would uh would indicate that um gotcha so no i don't think that's the case anyway what you're saying for this one isolated case is repeated often i don't think it's I don't think the reasons that you gave, though, are the major driving force. I mean, the market forces are there, and yes, but that's that's always true. Now, what I th- the reason that I think that this is happening that with companies trying to do it and the employees just going nope because that doesn't. Ha- I mean, let's be honest. Company says do X ninety nine times out of a hundred, you're doing X. I mean, yeah, most you're people get, most of the time most are going people to do most X. of the time are going to do X. You're going to have that one. That one random outlier who's gonna, you know, put it put put his foot down or her foot down or try to, and then eventually, usually leaves the company voluntarily or involuntarily. That's usually how this stuff goes. But that's not what's happening here with the return to office stuff. It's it, it, it's it's almost a universal level of friction that companies are facing from a wide swath of the of of the it employee. Is, it is kind of crazy so, that there's no there's no union here. No, right? there's no it's union. Just this simultaneous mass uh, civil disobedience. So Right. And so why? Why is this different is what I'm and the reasons you gave contribute, but they're not the core of why this situation is different. The reason this one is different is because Pandora's box has been opened. Okay. We worked for well over a year completely remote without these offices and the economy did what the economy did. Like that killed businesses. The fact that those employees were remote did not kill those businesses. And the companies that survived, survived with employees working fully remote. It proved the model. This can work. And employees really like it. And so there is no, it, there's the cat's out of the bag. They, they can't go back. There, there is a mountain of evidence that proves that this works. So they can't say, oh, we couldn't, you know, we're not going to do that. You know, we, we, we couldn't possibly, you know, usual, um, like I, there was a conversation at my office today about a, a, a product development feature thing and the, um, it's getting staunch resistance. It is quite safe from your pitiful little band. What if this, what if that, I mean, that could be the dooms, this could be the death knell of our business. Most of us are saying, eh, that's definitely not the death knell of the business, but we're trying to prove a negative because it hasn't happened. We haven't done it. But in this case, with the remote work from home stuff, we have done it and it has been proven to work. There's a mountain of evidence that says it works. So they're standing on nothing. It was very easy for somebody in 2019 to stand there and say, this business couldn't operate in a remote posture because of X, Y, Z, A, B, C, L, M, N, O, P. It is very difficult here at the, you know, I mean, going into the end of 23. To I would make say it's impossible. Work. I would argue impossible right. for somebody to stand there with a straight yeah, face. Yeah. That's why you right. get it's, nonsense I mean, it, like, like what this. Especially for a business that 
was around in 2019 and yeah. is by implication still around in 2023, having been full remote for a large chunk of the intervening time. There, I have to say, there is also a bit, and the reason I, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this article, so your intro was perfect. There is a healthy dose of hypocrisy. You want to talk about serendipity. So, <laughs> um, it, it, it's D, serendipity. Serendipity, that's what oh, I said. You said tippity. If I did, it was by accident. Oh, okay. All right. I, th- I thought you were being, I thought you were being sarcastic because I can go to the videotape. You, we can, we literally we, can. we literally can go to the videotape, audio and video. <laughs> anyway, I, I thought that the, having this article handy, bringing up this article, such a healthy dose of hypocrisy coming from Amazon, like whose business absolutely exploded during the during the uh, during the COVID lockdowns. Everybody was backs, buying crack, buying on the, the backs of jobs that could not be distributed. Right. There's a handful of jobs that couldn't Fulfillment and logistics delivery, that was essential work. Right. And so that had to be done. And and they, I mean, made, I mean, lots of businesses did really, really well. Amazon definitely did super duper well. They capitalized on it. They did did a good job for their shareholders. For them to then turn around here like, oh, we have to come back to the office. Never mind the fact that, you know, we were just wildly, wildly successful with everybody working from home. It it just, uh, part of that. Yeah, but you could also write that off and say, yeah, but that would have happened anyway. It's uh, circumstantial because it was an unprecedented thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm not saying that. It's, I think your point, though, I wouldn't bring the it to point a you're making, law, but the the point you're making, I think, is valid. That one of the reasons this is happening now is because we no longer have to prove the negative. Right, we right. had it's, the real world evidence experience. Like mm-hmm. we all saw it, and we're still operating. And none of our problems are the result of having been remote. Right, they're and, the same problems we had before. Right, right. The yeah. other thing that's happened, I think, the the reason that it has happened so quickly. The reason that it has been enabled, almost facilitated to go so quickly and suddenly is that the employment market has been so strong. I'm not following you. What do you mean? It has been such a job seekers market. And the businesses, especially at an app, I mean, it doesn't matter what the scale of the business is, but it has been so difficult and so expensive to find new people that, okay, go ahead, draw a hard line. Fight me on this. Say, come in three days a week oh, or you're fired. Yeah. The business cannot do that's that was to my point about enforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. very little you can do in, in terms of enforcement because you can't turn over 60% of your staff in the next quarter. You just can't do it. Right. And but- that is what's going to happen because there are so many more companies that have just said, yeah, let's be remote. The jobs are there. There are way, there are way more jobs than there are candidates right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I'm just saying that's that's an accelerant. That's just fuel on the fire for what I think you've correctly identified is the underlying cause of the blaze. Right? We, we proved it. We were talking about this as an industry. I mean, you and I were talking about it for a decade prior to it happening. I would, yeah, we were doing it well it's before it was nothing. Cool. And it was it was it was not a novel concept when we started doing it, right? right? But the time and time again, no, it wouldn't work for us. That's not our culture. All of these platitudes yeah, and nonsense, like nonsense. serendipity, uh, 
Now we you're absolutely right. I think identifying why it's the case that this is just blowing up in all the faces. Yeah, right I mean, you mentioned you mentioned unions. You really don't need a union for this one because the union is literally all the office workers. It's all the knowledge no, that, workers. No, my like, point was all my point is you have this happening, everybody doing it all at the same time without a union. You right. don't need I, one. Like right. it's you don't because need it everybody because it's is so seeing and responding to the same exact thing. Right. Yeah. We all have the same evidence. We all see the same things. The, there is no hidden there's no hidden knowledge on this one. There's no divide and conquer to it. But, but we, we were all there. The cards we, are open. Okay, yeah, the cards are on the table. We were all there, you know, through the lockdowns. We all saw it. Yeah, companies folded. They folded because of the economy, not because of working from home. I am I really like working from home. I, I feel like I get more work done. I'm not coming back. Well, we want you back. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure nobody else wants to come back either. So I feel pretty confident holding the line here based on my evidence-based experience and the fact that it was very public evidence-based experience. It wasn't just me, you know, it, it, and that's, it, it feels for me, this, this, I, I said at the start of COVID, I wrote an article about this. I think this is going to be the coolest thing to watch. It's silver lining to a bad, to a bad sequence of events, but this over the next five years is going to be super cool to watch to see where we end up with in terms It'll of what, the, a, what yeah. the definition of a business looks like. I mean, this is I mean, that, that was that was gas on uh, uh, that was gasoline on kindling. And then covid was the match. Like it was just it, it, it's, it's really, really cool to see because I can remember my second gig out of were uh, out of college was with this nonprofit. And I was, um, uh, I was, the, I was the lone technical person in the office. And I remember having to lobby. I was doing like all the tech jobs. I had every single tech hat you could think of. And one of the things I had to do was development. And what I was finding was that I, ha- I could not get quiet time for development. Phones, employees, office, yeah. like it just like the development was not happening. And so I went to my boss and said, look, I want to have a work from home day just to have the isolation. I'm not getting the isolation in the office. And I even made the deal. I was like, look, don't make it a Friday or a Monday. If you're really worried about me, you know, having three day weekends, make it Wednesday. Just give me that space. And it took me forever to wrangle that from him. And even, you know, even after he did, he still found excuses to call me still found Mm -hmm. reasons for me to come in occasionally. Like he was never super comfortable with it. Um, but I had that experience and I carried it forward and it's like, I, I know this is right. I know this is the way to go and it's, it's just, could not get these businesses to see it. Some places did. Yeah. It was great when you found other places that, that saw the, that could see the light, but you know, it was such a rarity. And then the COVID thing happened and that was awful, but having everyone's eyes open to the, oh yeah, having to work in an office is bull crap. Yeah, I know. I've been saying that yeah. for like 15 years. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. Right. <laughs> Throw a dead body duct tape to a wheelie chair out of a skyscraper. <laughs> but it's a Christmas movie. Okay. It's a Christmas movie. Don't you forget. I said it. we're getting into the end of the year here. Yeah. Like, that's that's right. I'm I'm getting into this the spirit. <laughs> I saw I saw an uh a uh, an advent calendar, the countdown to Christmas calendar that was the <laughs> the Nakatomi Tower, and it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was, uh, it, 
<laughs> what was the bad guy's name again? Um, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Thank you. I was thinking of his brother. The, 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 the timer piece is Hans. And like each floor is a day and like he's oh going down God. the building. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. That's epic. I, I, I think I, I didn't buy it. I think my wife may have actually found it for me. I may need to get that and just hang it in my office. Just to, now that I know it Peter. exists. <laughs> yeah. Now that I know it exists, that might be some seasonal swag. That <laughs> well, we made a, we made what a soap recommendation in our last episode. Uh, we we did some more, some more, some more housewares. Technically shampoo. Shampoo, yeah. right. Yeah. It was a bar yeah. shampoo. You know, weirdo. If you can find the link, we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll add that to our, to our, it's, yeah. <laughs> if we, if you find the link, you can put the augment sounder in post. Uh, okay. So I'm actually, okay. So hold on a second. <laughs> Nakatomi tower Christmas countdown. I'm, I'm I got to find it before the end of the episode. Da, uh, found it. <laughs> I love Google. I searched. I searched die hard advent calendar. First result. First result. There it is. All right. So here it is on on Amazon delivered to you by workers who want to work from home, but not are are not allowed to (laughs) the die hard advent calendar for Christmas. It's Hans Gruber falling down the building. Totally, totally worth it. Super augmented, silent and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. Augment your house. People. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, need a drink for that one. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see what else we got going on here today. Um, have, uh, have you seen, uh, we talked a little bit about, um, I mentioned, um, tears of the kingdom a couple weeks ago and, and, mm-hmm. uh, been playing that. Uh, I thought I was going to put it down after they broke all of my cheats for collecting items. Turns out I may have been premature in that. It hasn't actually been the complete crap show that I was expecting it to be. So that's, oh, is that right? Yeah, so that's good. So I've been playing that. A lot of fun. Uh, one of the things that uh, I have had some uh, some fun with is the uh, uh, is actually the online community. There is a there's a whole setup of um, there's a Reddit group called Hyrule Engineering that is dedicated entirely to the building capacity inside of the game. You can think of it as something akin, for anyone who's not aware, think of it as akin to Minecraft in the sense that, this, that there's a very sandboxy, open, creative element to the game that allows you to build. Uh, in this case, rather than build structures and things like that. You're actually building machines. They have these various components. You can stick them together. You can make them work together in various expected and unexpected ways. And mm-hmm. man, it just, it's, this is, it's like, these are my people. This is why I like being an engineer. You know, just try, I'm staying a little bit on topic here with the, with the show, but a little bit of a deviation in the sense that it's not directly work related, but it's the same sort of mindset because you can go to this, you can go to Reddit Hyrule Engineering Group, the, the Hyrule Engineering subreddit, and you'll find all kinds of contraptions that do all kinds of things. Hover boats and, and helicopters. Um, one of the biggest things that, they're try- that people are trying to figure out is how to do a multi-stage rocket so that you can actually <laughs> launch into the maximum stratosphere. 
<laughs> it's a bit of a technical challenge because of the how the machines work in game. If anything is stuck together, it's all considered part of one machine. And so as mm-hmm. soon as you activate it, it activates all the rockets. So people mm-hmm. are coming up with these these creative hacky ways to separate the rocket from the machine, but still have it be attached and all this kind so of stuff. So this whole sub is just this whole sub is just nothing but Rube Goldberg porn. It, it can be, but it's also but then there's the actual I think they earn the engineering moniker. Because if you yeah. look, there are some seriously deep dives into the physics of the game. There's a whole, mm. there, I found an article that talked about the gravity, like, like how gravity actually affects different things. And there's different areas that actually have lighter, uh, lesser gravity. Uh, uh, they have a, um, uh, talking about the, the balance of, of the machines and how to make them, them work better. Yeah. Um, then they, I mean, and this goes through, I mean, they do silly contraptions. They find glitches. Like they have found things that'll make ways to make machines spin way faster than they actually intend them to. But the, mm-hmm. you know, the engine, just the way that it goes, it just ramps the, whatever the speed tracker is, it's just exponentially increasing to infinity. And then you could be, yeah. you can basically launch link from the, from, you know, from the basement all the way to through the ceiling in a matter of seconds and stuff like that. But they're, they put all this detail into how to actually make the things as effective as they possibly can. So for mm-hmm. example, one of the things that they have uh, that they've had trouble with uh, is um, for the larger machines, if you have pieces of it and you want them to slide, so they don't have wheels, you just kind of want it as a sled different things have different levels of friction, like different pieces will actually have heavier or lesser friction. And they have found that some items actually have significantly less friction than even the equipment that has less friction. Like they have sleds that have lower friction, but instead of using a sled, you can take a frozen fish and attach that to the bottom of the machine (laughs) and it slides like it's on ice. And it just, yeah, the, the push, the, 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 the it, it is quintessential engineering mindset. If, if you yeah. love that building mm-hmm. stuff and you're not in the engineering space, you really should be because this is quintessentially how our brains work. You, you've given, you give them this defined field. It's a really, really big defined field, but it's a defined space. I only have so many things I can only do. So like there are some confinements, some rules, but then inside that space, go ham. Just, yeah. well, what if I do this? And what if I do mm-hmm. that? And, and the creativity yeah. that you get from that, in, from having some enclosure is just, it's just bonkers. It's just yeah. absolutely I'm getting, bonkers. I, I'm getting a lot of the same vibes from the, from the Factorio people too. I know we talked about that yeah, a couple of weeks go. ago. Yeah. In the intervening time, uh, the developer announced their, uh, their expansion pack. Basically it's like a oh, year boy. off. They're far in the future, but anyway, um, but no, the same vibe. Like people will, it's amazing to see like the the just the intimate knowledge of the engine and how things are working and how to optimize. Like somebody, one of the classic things that happens in the Factorio sub is somebody will make a claim. Oh, you know, it's impossible to do more than X per minute of that, or it's impossible to fit more than right. this number of that in this thing, right? Right. Within, it feels like seconds. <laughs> There are people with like long form, like I would, I would give this person a master's degree on the spot, long form dissertations 
about like okay so one of the things in the game you have chests and the chests have a certain number of 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 slots and different items have stacked to different heights this different is nothing yeah yeah, yeah. It's classic. you also have there's a couple of different kinds of vehicle in the game and vehicles have trunks same thing trunk is like a stack right at like a container people figured out somebody there's a different mechanic, which is called mining productivity, a little bit of minutia, but you have a, a miner, which spits out, like if you put miner on coal, it spits out little pieces of coal and you'll get say one per second of coal that comes out the front of it. Right. Mm -hmm. One of the researches you can do is mining productivity. And so you get mining productivity gives you 10% boost on coal productivity. So if you put a miner on a patch of coal, it'll spit out one piece of coal every second, but every 10 coal, you'll get an extra coal, right? Because it has mm -hmm. plus 10%. So it's free resources. Okay. It also has the effect of speeding up your coal output. So for a given sure. number of miners with higher productivity, you'll get higher coal per second, right? Yeah. So makes sense. somebody said, oh, even with infinite mining productivity, which is the, the miner is literally spitting items out faster than you can handle them. Even with infinite mining, you can't you can't fill more than one like conveyor belts worth of resources from a miner. It's not possible. Somebody like a day later had this post where they literally had a conveyor belt with cars on it because <laughs> the cars act as chests and they had it lined up and they had the bath worked out. They're like, no, because the game can only move a stack of resource per tick and there are 60 ticks in the main loop per second. And so and had this this conveyor belt of cars catching this torrent <laughs> of ore coming out of like those sorts of things. It's just it's so beautiful. It's part of you're absolutely right. It's part of what makes these games so fun. It's like, hey. There are baseline rules and mechanics, and then you can just go nuts mm -hmm. optimizing and inventing. It's these kinds of games are so much fun. <laughs> the reason I brought this up, it was actually I, I did have a specific story. I'm glad you shared that one. That one's great. A conveyor belt of cars. Um, I came across a post on the on the subreddit today where somebody actually um so I, I mentioned that you build machines out of these different parts. Well, in in true Japanese fashion, the way that you collect the parts that you can build from, they come from these dispensers. The dispensers are basically mini gacha games, G-A-C-H-A, -A, gacha, mm -hmm. that they each have a collection of a, a, a certain, a subset of the machines, three or four of the different, of the different parts are in any one of these gacha uh, balls. and you put in resources and it actually like, just like a gotcha ball, like it goes up and comes down and then spits out like mm -hmm. a bunch of these things, but it's random which items you get from the set or so we thought. So somebody, <laughs> somebody went through all the dispensers in the game, found all of them and then did ran a, ran a sample 10, 10 bets, essentially, on each machine and then counted up how many of each part he got from those machines. And then, and then he ran it through Bayesian statistics to find the best dispenser for every device. And so what he found <laughs> out was through his testing, here's the really cool part. Here's the math, the engineering part of this. He discovered it's not actually your chances at any given uh, machine are not the same. So one of the, uh, so like uh, a fan, there's a, there's a fan part. There's a fan part in a, in a, in a machine 
with four other parts. And then there's a, a, a fan part in another machine with four different parts. You might think you have a one in five chance that you might have mm -hmm. 20% chance, but that's not actually how the math worked out. So what he discovered was that they have actually on a per machine basis, they adjust the chance rate. They've weighted it on the different machines. Mm. Different machines have a higher or lower chance of different types of parts. And so he, so he did the stats, he figured it out, and then he mapped and correlated it. So what you can do is you can actually, for every part, you can see the, you can see the charts, you can see the graph. You can figure out which one has the highest probability, click that band, and then he pulls up on another website, which has this massive map for the game because the game is huge and, and full of stuff to collect. It actually will show you, it, it gives you a hot link to that dispenser where it is in the world. So you can go to, you know, find that dispenser. Right. But I mean, all of the work of the yeah. Bayesian statistics, like it was, it was so cool. Yeah. It was just the coolest damn thing. We were uh, at, you know, 10,000 Monte Carlo simulations and determined. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and I'm looking at the guy's got a, he put it on a website. The website has three posts. This is one of them. And he's got his, his intro page. I actually don't mind giving the guy's name, Chris, Chris Shymansky. Forgive me if I'm butchering your last name, Chris. Chris Shymansky. I'm an experienced data scientist, chemical engineering, PhD, and wannabe chef. So the guy's just like a data nerd. Yeah. And so, okay, so this is all fun and it's really cool. And, and, you know, we can geek out about it and playing video games is of course fun and things like that. Brass tacks here a little bit. This kind of stuff translates to the business world. I don't know about you, but if I'm if I'm interviewing data scientists and Chris walks into my office for the next interview and he uses this thing, like he talks about this Bayesian thing he did for the dispensers in Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, if that's part of his portfolio of work, I mean bonus points, man, because yeah. Not only are you doing something that, ha I mean, you're demonstrating skill at, at, in the space, but you're demonstrating passion for the space. You're doing something on your free time of your own volition and, you know, giving something back to, you know, the broader community in this case. You're demonstrating, I mean, I mean, it's initiative to go and have the idea, yep. creativity to have the idea in the first place. Uh, dedication to follow through and actually finish good communication skills to do the write up and share the information yep. with everybody else. I mean, there's a whole lot that's kind of wrapped up in that. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So um, if you have things like this, I, I, I think there's a natural inclination, especially for, for college grads or even not even college grads. Really, we, we, we sometimes have a, a natural human inclination to keep those, those personal interests and passion projects to ourselves. And while you don't need to tell the world about yourself, if you have something like this and it does have some applicability at work, I would share that because it, it, it shows a lot more than just the thing itself. Yeah. You are very likely to, I mean, unless you were doing, you know, unless Chris was doing, <laughs> Chris is doing Bayesian statistics off of like OnlyFans or Pornhub or something like that. Okay. Maybe you don't share that one. Right. But like, other than that, you know, nerdy game stuff or, you know, you with your woodworking or something like that. If you came up with some some nerdy overlap where you built some woodwork 
if you woodworked a server closet, that would be pretty cool. I would share that with an employer, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So those kinds oh, I mean, of- back to the to the to the example about Factor, I know you said this isn't the only time we've seen this either. There was this guy that made this overhaul mod called Space Exploration. At most a yeah, lot of people love it. it. Yeah, you mentioned it before. It turns out uh, a year or two ago, Woob, the publisher, hired him because of they saw his work on space exploration. They they hired him to come work for them. Yep. I don't know if he's full time, part time, whatever. Now, uh, this morning, uh, the the blog post was, "Hey, we're going to announce our our uh, expansion pack." It's called Space Age. Now we know why they hired that particular member of the modding community. The overlap is obvious. Right. Right. The guy. Yeah. The guy's just doing a thing he loved. And now that's a different channel. He happened to get approached. I don't know, you know, whatever the the story, the intimate story was there. But it's like, no, you're doing work. It's in the space. It's valuable to people. There's like a meta value to that. And yeah. if you if you know how to tap into that. And the first step is just to tell people about it. Yeah. Uh, you learn a lot. I've, I've learned so much about people in interviews just because I find something they're passionate about. And I ask a couple of simple questions, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's, it's, it's super powerful. It's super powerful. It is. It is. And, and then I get, and then I get an insight into their thought process. Cause that's really what you're trying to get at an interview, right? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to get to know the person and the thought process. That's, what else is there, right? And so you you ask, oh, hey, okay, so you developed this this uh, you know high rule contraption. What what was the most challenging part of this, right? You, well, you developed right. this map. What was the most challenging part of it? Well, the the key insight was this, and that was hampered by this. But I had to do this thing to get around that. And but this thing wasn't purely academic; it was a little bit of a kludge, but it seemed to work well enough. And then I validated that later with the data that I got, and turns out that that was roughly a pro, a pro, you know correct and. Like you, those little things you pick up on the interview, that's what will just sell you on a candidate. RV. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it doesn't have to go, it doesn't have to be just things that, uh, I mean, technical skills, of course, it makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't have to be just technical skills either. Uh, I think I've said this before on the show. Uh, one of the things that um, the, if I am, when, when I'm interviewing, I actually look for people who have experience managing online communities, which mm -hmm. typically takes the form of some kind of game group could be D and D yeah. could be in my case, like world of Warcraft, you're a guild master or a raid leader mm -hmm. or things like that. If you have experience managing a group of people, especially people who are effectively volunteers, it's something they're doing for mm -hmm. themselves for fun. Yeah. Huge bonus. There's a points. lot there. Huge There's a lot bonus there. points because you, you have to do I mean, the people management of that and handling conflict and conflict resolution and, you know, keeping everybody motivated and moving in the same direction. And, and I, I mean, oh, so, so good. I will take given two individuals that I know nothing about. If I know one of them has been a, an online community manager, moderator, uh, I'll take that person for the manager role. Like flat out that if, if that's the only thing I know, that is enough for me to feel confident to say, yeah, give them a shot because, because there's just is, so much it is of it actual translates. experience. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. It's actual people management experience. And we and we downplay because, oh, it's a, it's a game or, oh, it's you know, it's just online. It's not real employees. No, no, it's that's legit, man. It's so the much most. 
Yeah, no, it is it is legit because you have you have an actual pro- there is a specific goal, a specific a defined outcome. You're mm-hmm. managing people with their own individual agendas who have come together for this purpose. There are real world constraints on time and resources and bandwidth of personnel. Like th- that is real experience. Yeah. It's a hundred percent real experience. And you want to take this even more gaming, right? The classic, I'm gonna go full dad here, packing a trunk for vacation uh with Tetris skill. Like that, it's a joke. It's a meme. It's a meme. It's true. But that's true. There's something to that. Like, hey, I have to visualize all of these pieces, how they are going to fit into this specific space, how are they are going to fit relative to one another, how that's all going to stack. Like, there are parallels to that stuff. There, that's not exactly what you're talking about, but like, you know, my nobody packs a packs a car like my dad. Man, I remember when we moved out of. Um, we moved out of my, my first house and we had, we, I rented the, the biggest U-Haul you could get without a, without a commercial license. Like we got one of mm-hmm. those cars, one of those trucks, and we filled it with as much of our stuff as we possibly could. It, it took us like all day to do, but man, he fit everything. There wasn't a spare inch anywhere in that truck. The key insight. Here's free life advice for any young dads or dads to be out there. The key insight, when you are packing, you don't find space. You make it. You make space. Mm. Wise words. That's my Very, uh, very, very wise If you want to talk about, you want to talk about <laughs> guild masters though. I have, wait, 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 wait. Don't oh, you want me to credits. stop? Okay. Oh, okay. We got I have more. A, He's got more. Well, only, only because I have a, I have a second augment for the week. If we're going to talk about, yes, about go. guild leadering, okay. watch the guild.com. It's uh. now... It's probably 15 years old. Little uh, cutest little web series about a about a uh, well, they don't call it WoW, but it's basically WoW Guild. It's, uh, yeah, it's watch it. the it's game. Called, it's perfect. It's it's it the is game. just Chef's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh man, um, the Guild web show. I, I go got to watch the Guild dot com. Yeah, I'm tr- uh, watch the Guild. That's the URL. Watch the Guild dot com. Yeah. It was a great web series. Um, so oh, it's perfect. I mean, Felicia Day basically immortalized herself as, you know, nerd goddess with with her with her work on that. Like that was she did a great job, and and so so did the other five. Oh yeah, like, the, there I was mean, the just, entire cast was, was great. Such a oh my gosh, Chef's Kiss. Yeah, it's watch great. the guild.com. That's okay. fantastic. All right, so there you go, Guild. Super augmented, silent, and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this. Or become a close personal friend of mine and get get access to my Plex server. <laughs> <laughs> joke's on you. I don't have many friends. Uh, so <laughs> That'll teach you. <laughs> That'll show oh, you. Oh, man. Uh, well, if you have watched the Guild, if you're a Hyrule engineer or a uh, Factorio master... Uh, we would certainly love to hear about it. Please uh, interact with us. Uh, you can send us uh, an email at feedback at refactor.work. You could even send us a voice memo to that same address. We'll play it on the show. Um, at refactor.work is our homepage where we've got show notes, uh, back episodes, archives, recommendations, all sorts of shenanigans over there. Uh, you can find more Frank online at hotcoles.com. That's K-O-E-H-L-S.com. And myself at chris.tonkinson.com. This has been episode number 112 for August 25th, 2023. Thanks, Frank. All right. Enjoy your Factorio. I'm going to go enjoy some Zelda. I'll catch you later, buddy. Awesome. Later, dude.